everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. What value we bring is the human side. Okay. So I'm like, what if I built a company that was focused on the human side? So then if AI comes in and can do structural engineering, we are still in business. But then I look at all the other engineering firms and I'm like, all they care about is the analytical side. So what are they going to do? They're not going to be in business. Welcome, everyone, to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. We know all the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. But we love what we do. And today, we're talking with Anna Lynch, CEO of Lynch Mikens, a full-service structural engineering firm. Anna leads the clear mission, commitment to hard work, and strong dedication to client service excellence. Since 2004, she has served as a successful project manager and engineer in practically all public and private market sectors. Anna, welcome to Hustle & Gather. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Glad you made it. I know. know. (laughs) After that journey journey. down Harrington. That's right. Life is a journey, just in general. Uh, All right. So we'd love to start out with a little bit of your background before we dive too much into your journey, not the one from today, but the life one in general. So you are originally from North Carolina? I'm from Iowa. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Mm. Okay. That's um, what Iowa is a lot of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My parents are a bunch of hippies and <laughs> okay. you know, grew up very healthy, growing everything and mm-hmm. eating what we made on the farm. Then I went to University of Wyoming for architectural engineering. Okay. For my undergrad, I chose that school because it was the cheapest engineering school in the U.S. Oh, so that kind of summarizes me. <laughs> You're thrifty. <laughs> That's the age of 17, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finished my degree at the University of Wyoming and then decided that I was going to live somewhere outside of the Midwest. And I just knew I couldn't handle the cold anymore. Mm. And I just love people. Mm-hmm. And in the Midwest, you know, Wyoming, Iowa, there's just not a lot of people. Yeah. So... I interned in Austin, Texas for a summer. Hated it there. It was too hot. (laughs) Uh, My sister, my older sister lived in Boston. Didn't like it there for many reasons. Mm -hmm. Too big of a city. Mm -hmm. Too scary for someone my age from Iowa. And so there was this pocket of area that I had never been in the U.S. And it was North Carolina, South Mm -hmm. Carolina, Virginia. Um, And I just sent my resume out. Back then it was faxing. Yeah. I'm that old. Um, (laughs) And... Dave Mikens actually got my resume, and so I flew out spring break of senior year my of college and flew into Charlotte, rented a car, and went door-to-door to everywhere I sent resumes. Wow. Interesting. I only had one interview actually lined up. Okay. And I just went door-to-door, and one of them was Dave Mikens. I went to his door, and you know he was like, we're not hiring, and he had about three employees. And I said, well, I'm here from Wyoming, so <laughs> maybe just lunch, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so we went to lunch, and in the end, I got about six offers around the area. And Dave Mikens, I just clicked with him the most. I felt the most comfortable. I did not feel judged. I didn't feel like I wasn't smart enough Mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't have an Ivy League degree. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, 
fancy engineering schools are important to engineering mm. firms. Mm. I had no idea. Yeah. And so Dave made me an offer and I took it. So I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina from Wyoming, packed wow. everything up in my car. And that was in 2003. And I've worked with Dave since. Okay. It's yeah. awesome. Sounds like a, like a Goldilocks story. So this yeah. is just right here in Raleigh. <laughs> I love Raleigh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Not too hot, not too cold. It's perfect. It's a little humid, I feel like. No. Nah. No. Okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm good. My hair goes. Pops yeah. up, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> All right. So, Big hair, don't care. What was yeah. it about engineering? So, you, I mean, you said architectural engineering was the cheapest engineering, like, school, but did you know you always wanted to be an engineer? Well, I was really into fashion okay. and doing my hair, and, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a big city, and I'm going to do mm-hmm. all these things and be into fashion is what I thought when I was younger. But then I was just so good at math. Mm-hmm. And I loved building things. Mm-hmm. Like uh, all the other women were in home ec classes mm-hmm. and I was in industrial arts. Nice. Yeah. And I was the only kid that was a female in the industrial mm-hmm. arts classes. Mm-hmm. And so all the teachers were like, you should be an engineer. You should be an engineer. So it just got kind of got with me. And yeah. then when you have to write that paper when you're in seventh grade about what you want to be when mm-hmm. you grow up, I went to the library and looked up what type of engineering made the most money. Mm. <laughs> and it said chemical engineering. Okay. Oh. So I was like, I'm going to be a chemical engineer. <laughs> and then I was in the industrial arts and I won a uh, balsa wood bridge competition, which is where mm-hmm. you build a, a tiny bridge. You know, it's maybe a foot long and whatever bridge holds the most weight wins the right. award. Mm-hmm. And my bridge from forever ago is still the one that held the most weight. Oh, really? To this day. Wow. And I'm super competitive. Yeah. So. Claim to um, fame right there. Yeah. So that teacher really pushed me into structural yeah. engineering. And I interned for an architecture firm in Iowa my senior year. And this I've told this story so many times, but this architect, I was just basically doing drafting and running blueprints and, mm-hmm. you know, doing the getting coffee. And this guy would come to these meetings to meet with the architect and he, he had a Mercedes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so what is what does that guy do? <laughs> He's like, oh, that's the structural engineer. I'm like, well, you drive a Honda. So. <laughs> I think he's getting the better end of this yeah, deal. I, was like, I think I might need to be a structural engineer. Yeah. So I found this degree, which I didn't know existed, which is architectural engineering. And with that degree, you basically learn everything that goes into building design. So you mm-hmm. learn mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, yeah. plumbing engineering, yeah. geotechnical engineering, civil engineering, architecture, and structural engineering. Wow. Yeah. So I could have done any of those. Sure. But my senior year, we did we designed a building and you had mm-hmm. to do everything. And I just always, I loved the structural side of it mm-hmm. because yeah. you get to be creative, mm-hmm. but I'm also analytical. So yeah. like the right brain, left brain balance. Yeah. I think I was born with it. Yeah. I think a so, lot of like architect type people are. Well, I think it's too. Uh, especially- architects are creative. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not, but not the... They're not, not the, the right brain, not the analytical. Yeah. Yeah. I think- so that's what we're for. Yeah. So the structural <laughs> engineer comes in and they're like, that's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. We want to make that happen, but these are the three things yes. that you're going to have to give yes. up to make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> and they're all the style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still going to look beautiful. Though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Did you? Were you ever really nervous walking into um, engineering, whether it's architecture or whatever? Being a female, like, did you feel that you were a minority? No. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. I. What just, gave you that confidence? I. Just don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, no one ever told me I couldn't. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I had a lot of cheerleaders. Yeah. Until I got to college and the, actually the dean of the engineering school told me I should switch my degree to fashion. Uh, really? Yeah. 
Interesting. And my immediate response was, (laughs) I'm going to be the best engineer that ever existed, and then I'm going to call you and tell you about it. (laughs) So I guess I started being challenged Mm -hmm. in in college on Mm -hmm. engineering, you know, and yes, there was only like three females in my entire class, Mm -hmm. and they ended up switching to like accounting. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're not engineers? No. Oh, wow. Two women stayed. They graduated the year after me, so one of them's an engineer Mm -hmm. at this point. So it's very rare. Yeah. Um, but now, I guess when Dave Mikens hired me, his wife is a software engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's in her 60s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she was the trailblazer, like, oh, sure. right? Yeah. Right. So he he respects women. He's just mm-hmm. such right. a good guy. And mm-hmm. so he was like, he didn't see me as a female. He saw me as a great engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think that mm-hmm. helped build my confidence also. So I didn't never worked at a firm where I was treated less than. Right. Ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I'm building a company where it's we're right now we're 40 percent female. OK. I think it's for me like that. I have a daughter and she loves art and loves drawing. And I've talked to her many times and she likes fashion, but it's like just not her thing. Like she's kind of quirky and, you know, mm-hmm. but she loves uh, just making models and stuff. I was like, you really should think about being an architect. Like, I think you would love it. And she, for some reason in her mind, she's like, oh, you know, I just want to be like an art teacher. And I'm like, that's admirable. I'm not going to like teachers make the world go round. That's fine. <laughs> I was like, but I really just think outside the box. Think about something that is, I don't know, different. And I hope that when she's in high school and college or whatever, that she has someone that challenges her and gives her that. Yeah. Like, I hope that's changing for the better, that it, that we're no longer the minority and such great strides. Like, it's not like a you have 10% of, I think I heard like in the past like 20 years, it's almost the female workforce in engineering has gone up like 25, 30%. Maybe. I think it's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I, and getting w- women to stay mm-hmm. after having kids, yeah. like providing that work-life balance and mm-hmm. just promoting them to understand that they can do both. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to be perfect at everything. Because I think females just, they're so hard on themselves and- Oh, yeah. coaching them out of that so that they can do you feel have like that's everything. a lot of what you do like yes. for your company okay i coach a lot looping back to your question though yeah. i'm a trailblazer that's my dna mm-hmm. so i am just like i'm not asking anyone to go anywhere yeah right i'm not looking for anyone to tell me i'm good or i'm bad or whatever it is mm-hmm. i'm just like get the hell out of my way i'm going <laughs> mm-hmm. right oh, that's that. me yeah yeah so i think that I've been that way since I was born. Yeah. Like in third grade, I was telling teachers what to do Mm. so that I could get the best grade, like what they should be teaching me. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that came from parents? And it was just, or you said it's in your DNA, but do you you have siblings or it was was just literally just, you were probably like born that way of this, just what you wanted. It's in my DNA. Take life by Mm -hmm. the balls or by the ovaries. We like to say like by the ovaries, every, everything I've done. Since I was a kid, I was the trailblazer. Okay. So do you have siblings? I do. I have three sisters. Okay. okay. I'm the third. Oh, uh, so you're a middle. I'm a middle child. Okay. Yeah. Two of you. my sisters work for me. Okay. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. They are not trailblazers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are all completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we all ended up different, but I also am obsessed with why people are the way they are. Mm, I know. Like personality, especially when they have the and, same origin story, you're yeah. like, "Why are you so different than me? Like, yeah. why? Like, why can't I just say something?" And that like resonates with you. Like, yeah. we have the same past, you know, but really, you don't. We have what we're born with, yeah. Mm-hmm. Too mm-hmm. can it be influenced and pushed? Yes, sure, yeah. You know, but yeah, 
my DNA is the trailblazer. Nice. So. And I think you're a good testament to someone fostered that part of you. Like they didn't push it down. I mean, I'm sure you had struggles and you hit roadblocks, but you did have, like you said, Those amazing cheerleaders. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell me no? I'm also a challenger. Yeah. I think I would have loved to have so. been your friend in high school. Yeah. yeah. A ton of fun. Did <laughs> you get in trouble? No, no, I was perfect. Oh, really? <laughs> I really was. Like I was the kid that no one invited to parties. Like yeah. I didn't drink till I was 21. I was very serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, was a real not follower. screwing around. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to be successful mm-hmm. since third grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing was getting in my way. So yeah. if anyone wanted me to do something bad, I'm like, you go do that. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not judging you. I right. want everyone to do what they need to do to be happy. <laughs> what I want to do to be happy is focus on my education. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm intense. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That's so fine. kind of switching topics a little bit, a lot of what your um, company does is it really focuses on, you talk about the way that the en- engineering industry is with the work environment. So you talk, you kind of touched on a little bit like that work-life balance. So mm-hmm. how have you tried to change that culture within your company? I think it starts with the person. You understanding who you are as a whole person is really important to provide happiness to you. Hmm. I think that employees tend to blame their companies Hmm. for the lack of work-life balance. And so what I do and what the firm does is really help the person understand who they are Hmm. and then who they want to be and where the gaps are. Hmm. When people find that their position or their role matches their DNA, they find true happiness and when you see that, when that light switch goes mm-hmm. off, it's pretty epic. Yeah. So um, getting people in the right position, getting them to understand that's the role for them based on their DNA and who they are, mm. getting them out of their egos. You know, engineers are usually pretty smart, right? They're mm-hmm. the kids that they're like, hey, you should be an engineer, a lawyer, or a doctor. Right. Because right. they're so smart, three. right? Yeah. So they're like the, the 4.0 kids, mm-hmm. whatever it is now, 4.9. I don't even know anymore. So those kids get pushed and they're told they're amazing and you're the best, you're the smartest. And then they come work at Lynch Mikan's and I'm like, well, <laughs> your ego is really big. Like we need to work on that. No, I'm just really good at everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're actually not good at this. Mm. And then they shut down, they break <laughs> down and I'm like, okay, go through that process. But we're going to train you on how to not shut down when you get critical feedback because mm-hmm. that is going to be so integral into the success of your own happiness, mm-hmm. not success in your career, mm-hmm. right? In your happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that people just aren't given that feedback because mm-hmm. it's scary mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable. It is. And the more that I can do that to, to help people find happiness is, is what I live for. Yeah. I love that. So Cause like really when we talk that. about, like we'll do team training or talk about growing your team or scaling your business, like having that human first approach, like you first hire humans before hiring employees, right? So I think you're speaking right to that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like these are people, they're not just my employees. They have stuff they're bringing to the table that may or may not fit, right? Right. May or may not need to be worked out here, but just kind of like recognizing that. I mean, even recognizing like the minority or the struggles with going through an engineering program and being a woman that's coming to the table as an engineer. Like that's a different different animal than when you're hiring a man for that position, right? They had different experience. Absolutely. You know, Mm. I think that's really amazing. And what's interesting I've seen over the years is as we hire all these women is now we're hiring women into a firm that's a bunch of women, Mm -hmm. right? So they're used to working at another firm where they are the minority. Mm. (laughs) 
And so people tiptoe around them. They're not yeah. honest with them. They don't want them to cry. They don't want to give them feedback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they come to Lynch Mikan's and we're, we've got women everywhere, right? <laughs> so they're no longer special. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we also are coaching them out of thinking that they are special because they're a female. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's, it's crazy. I, no, but I, I could totally see that. I Because I think that there is also probably part of that there was like a, like a, a suit of armor that they had to wear yes. mm-hmm. to get through whatever time that was and being, and I, I mean, I can only imagine because I'm a very emotional person and, but sometimes yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't make me bad at what I do. It's, it right. makes me actually really great at what I do because I can feel things deeply. I can put myself in somebody else's shoes. I can diffuse any situation because I can understand what mm-hmm. that person's going through. But for so long, you're being told that you're too emotional. Like don't upset you, don't make you cry, you know, don't be whatever. And so you you just wear the suit of armor and you and it hinders so much of your growth oh, and hinders so much back. of yeah, holds you back so much. You put these walls up yes. and you you put mm-hmm. yourself in a box. Yep. And so my and you company, start believing it. Yeah. Yeah. So we break down the box. Mm. So we say there's no boxes here. Mm-hmm. Um like cancel culture, you know, this whole everyone should be the same mm-hmm. push. Right. Right. Is absolutely intolerable to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Some women have emotions. Some women are direct. Some women, some men, whatever mm-hmm, it is, mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And we're all not going to be the same because we're going to lose who we are. Right. And then we're going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to hate our lives. <laughs> and what's the point of living? Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So breaking down those walls, figuring out who they really are and letting mm-hmm. them be who they are. Like, it's just so simple, but... I'd be so interested in sitting in on your interview process. Oh, it's entertaining. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I know. They think we're going to ask them about engineering. I know. I can only imagine. Yeah. And I actually, we, for references, we call a family member. Mm. Oh, really? Mm. It's required. <laughs> I love calling uh, people's kids. Yeah. Those are the best. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your mother. Tell me who she really is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you end up purchasing this company? Obviously, yeah. I your story, like your journey that we landed, you were hired there. So yeah. obviously you didn't start off as the owner. No, I did not. So how did you end up? Well, the trailblazer, the you know. <laughs> yeah. Just people get in my Strong way. armed and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So I started there as a structural engineer at 21 and then the economy tanked in 2008. So I was did there it? for five years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone started getting laid off and I'm mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, why am I still here? There's better engineers. There was, Mm -hmm. okay? I had a different talent. Right. It was connection with Mm -hmm. humans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being able to communicate, have conversations, all those. Which is probably a rare find in engineering That's right. Yeah. Right. So all the clients loved working with me. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't let me go. You got to sell the service. Yeah. Yeah. And they had promoted, Dave Mikens moved up to the Virginia Beach office, which was our headquarters. And uh, there was a man running the Raleigh office and- it was tanking and he wasn't winning work and, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, there's an issue here. And I respect Stroud Pence immensely, the firm mm-hmm. I bought. I mean, the fact that they hired me without a master's degree, I was the first one to ever hire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I owed them a lot and I I just don't give up on anything. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, hey, let me help you save this office. And so this is me at 26. <laughs> okay. And so I went out. I just went out and I went to the chamber events and I just was social, you know, yeah. and slowly we started bringing work in. So about a year in, 27 years old, I went to Jeff and I was and Dave Mikens and Ed Pence, which were the owners. 
And I said, like, I'm going to leave and start my own firm. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know how to win work. I think I can do this. Thank you so much for everything. And they said, you can run the Raleigh office. Mm-hmm. You can be a partner in the firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can be an owner. And I was like, well, I don't know. I think I want to do it on my own. And they're like, no, you can do this. Like, we, we won't bother you. It was like mm-hmm. an offer you couldn't refuse. Yeah. And I had this business idea and I had already written the business plan mm-hmm. and it was engineers with communication skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hard skill training equal to soft st- soft skill training. Yeah. Right. Right. And and I was like, okay, well, I presented my business plan to them. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is what I'm going to do in Raleigh. And I just, it's a test, right? And in my mind, I was like, I'm going to do it for five years. I'm going to learn everything about business. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know what AR was. I didn't yeah. know sure. any of that stuff, right? <laughs> right. So <laughs> I committed to five years and the Raleigh office grew to the largest office. We were the most profitable. Mm-hmm. I learned everything about business. And the other offices just weren't willing they were losing money. Mm-hmm. So my profit was saving them. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't want to hear anything from me. Like I'd yeah. go to the leadership meetings and I'd say, this is what I'm doing. This is what's working. And if mm-hmm. you guys do this and this, and they're like, uh, we've been doing this for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I think that you just need to stop talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I made it five years. I don't know how I made it. Yeah. And I said, peace out. I told Dave Mikens, he was a CEO of Stroud Pence at that time. I gave him notice. I didn't even tell my husband I was quitting because I didn't know I was. It was like a Friday and Dave Mikens happened to be in from from Virginia in Raleigh. And I was like, I got, I'll give you a month. Thank you so much for everything you've done for mm-hmm. me. The only reason I was still there was Dave Mikens. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he almost walked me down the aisle at my wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. and he called me on Sunday. He said, can I go with you? Mm-hmm. He'd been with the firm for 30 years. Wow. Never worked anywhere else since he was 21. That's a big vote of confidence. Yeah. And I'm like, I must know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> or, do, or I don't know. Um, or David really doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> or he really hates his job, yeah, right. right? He's right. in the wrong position. Right. Mm. He's miserable. Mm-hmm. So we went to the owners of Stroud Pence and said, we're leaving together. Yeah. And they said, well, you might as well buy the whole company because if you leave, it will go under. Mm. I said, great, let's make an offer. So we negotiated it out, bought the firm three months later, had 30 employees, never owned a company before. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was uh, 2017. Okay. So this year is our five-year okay. wow. anniversary. Nice. Congrats. We were a $2 million company when we bought it, and we're $10 million. We finished wow. this year out of $10 million, That's so. amazing. I forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a crazy ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to go up a digit. I've learned a lot. Yeah. 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 What, awesome. do, you, what do you think has been your hardest lesson? It's kind of like what we call, like, our your oh shit moment, like, where you felt like, Everything was coming up, like falling apart. And you're like, what did I do? Yes. Oh, man. I'm really bad at looking back on negative things. Like, well, I, I don't love have that. A, I, <laughs> Me like, too. People ask I me what too. my biggest regret is. I'm like, I have none. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just learned something from everything. I don't know. Yes. I think the oh shit moment was probably the first year mm-hmm. where everything kind of aligned. And I'm like, huh. It wasn't negative. It was just kind of like, this actually works. Yeah, that mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this year, holy Moses, like I hit my five year goal at four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, That's what's awesome. next? Right. What so, next? as a trailblazer, there has to be something next. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I am not happy. Right. And I've learned that about myself over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And so, I, there has to be a what, what mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. And the oh shit moment is what is next mm-hmm. for right now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we interviewed um, Jess Ekstrom, and she was talking about 
uh, how much scarier it is to do the next thing when your first thing was so successful. Like it's actually like more scary because you didn't really know what you were doing at no. the beginning, right? When you got this company dropped in your lap, you're like, okay, that worked. I'm gonna make this make this work. There was no like expectation of how it was going to go, but now you have so much expectation on yourself. Right. So what's next comes along with a lot of expectation. Yeah. And I think that can be really hard. And now I have 70 people. Mm. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. looking at you too. Yeah. yeah. So a lot more people looking at me, a lot yeah. more people listening to me, a lot of people, a lot of families depending on me. You know, it's just, I didn't really think about the amount of people versus mm -hmm. revenue. Right. I know right, that right. sounds crazy. Right. So I don't care how many people we have. Right. Yeah. That was never a goal. I'm not mm -hmm. like, oh, we need to be 300 people. Right. I just want to keep the culture and I want to keep the investment in people on the mm -hmm. soft skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I lose those things, then this company is not worth anything to me. Right. Right. Doesn't because that's what I what, what I love to do. Yeah. And that's what makes the company completely different. So how do I do that and scale the company at the same time? Yeah. Because there's probably so, a lot of cost involved in that. There is. Right. Yeah. And other CEOs, yeah. when I tell them how much we invest in people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They fall out of their chair. Yeah. Like culture is expensive. Culture it is. is. You don't expensive. just say you have culture yeah. and then everyone gets along in their family. No. You have to invest in it yep. and provide opportunity opportunities for them to become that. Mm. I remember someone yeah. like specifically asking about office snacks. We have office snacks. And they've like evolved over the years, right? I mean, we sure. literally have just tons and tons of snacks in the office and LaCroix. And I remember like the first couple of years are like, it is two cases of LaCroix per month. Seriously, you can bring your own water and now it's like, you know, unlimited. And we've graduated to RX bars. We go through boxes of RX bars every week. And you know, those things <laughs> oh, yeah, aren't cheap, right? They're not. But they're good and everybody loves them and whatnot. And I remember talking to somebody about like, wait, how would you create a similar culture? Like if, if you couldn't afford office snacks, I'm like, you can't not afford office snacks. Like you want the people to be there. You want them to stay. You want them to be happy. Like invest in your people. And it doesn't have to be the RX bars right now, right. but it can be, you know. Yeah, we bags of pretzels. We I'm just not did sure. a uh, flash mob. Mm -hmm. Oh, you did. And so hired a choreographer, hired yeah. a video crew, well, hired fun. like everyone in the company did it. It was yeah. voluntary. Yeah, you know, everyone was practicing in the conference rooms, yeah. and everyone had different dances and all this stuff. It was like a huge thing. Yeah. And I can tell you, no one in the company knows how much that costs. Yeah. Right? right. And then getting the video together, pulling it all together, using it as marketing. Like, Absolutely. You know, $50,000 later. Mm -hmm. Right. You <laughs> know, and they're like, that flash mob was fun. And I'm like, you know what it actually got us? It doesn't matter what the video is. Right. Yeah. I can tell you everyone's still talking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How much fun it was, who they met, how much they love this person, how mm -hmm. they're talking now. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And it just builds that camaraderie yeah. that's mm -hmm. just priceless yeah we just took our um, whole Bradford team to the Bahamas oh perfect for a week-long vacation and a conference did anyone kill each conference. other no, no we, we all really stayed well. in the suite perfect. two bedrooms I was two people ready. shared a bed I was ready to be home oh yeah, yeah. after a week <laughs> yeah but yeah it was great it was great I mean but just like <laughs> things like they're like oh my that god matters. that was so expensive like I could never like that's a goal but really I think the the point is I think in today's day and age and where hiring is now and where like that work-life balance is Worth like so integration important. is yes. so important to people. Mm -hmm. So, so important. Like you can't afford not to do it because you're not going to get, you're not going to catch those people that love what they do and are amazing at what they do and want to do it for you. Right. So I think yep. talk a little bit more about like what it, you do for a, company like culture. Practicality things. I mean, obviously not everyone who's listening is a $10 million company, but like what are just some, your suggestions if you're trying to 
be better about that company culture and, and even just start that conversation? Yeah. Like, what would you suggest? Listen to the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do they want? Because mm-hmm. you can just create things. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's get snacks. Oh, let's do a flash mob. Oh, let's do this. And you create all this stuff. But is it really impacting them to provide balance? Mm-hmm. What do they actually want? So we survey people once okay. a year and say, what does culture mean to you? Mm-hmm. What do you wish our culture had? What do you wish it didn't have? Mm. What's right? been one of the biggest things that you're like, I never thought of that? I guess providing yoga in the office. I love that. <laughs> never really thought about it. Not yeah. a big yoga person. Mm-hmm. I am coming to work for um, <laughs> Yes. So that and like we started a wellness. So started think tanks. Mm-hmm. So think tanks are so that everyone in the company has a voice on what the company is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a great idea for culture because they have a voice. So they care now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so ownership. Yes, ownership. Mm-hmm. So we started a wellness think tank. They come up with ideas like we did. We bought ClassPass for everyone in the company mm-hmm. for two years all the way through COVID so people could work out at home yeah. with all the videos and stuff. Yeah. And then we do the yoga once a month in the office. We have a meditation meditation at each office. We So a lot of wellness stuff came through that. Therapy, like not a lot of people want to look it up on the healthcare that we have. So we like did that all for them, gave mm-hmm. them the number. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Make it easy. Yeah. You know, asked everyone to talk about going to therapy so everybody knew if they were going to therapy. So it made everyone comfortable with going to therapy. So like creating that culture of it's okay to be real, that mental health matters. Yeah. We started a culture club. If you're obsessed with culture, you're in the club. And they come (laughs) up with ideas. Mm. And so we had a company-wide Olympics. We rented out a farm in Virginia in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And it was Awesome. Did anyone sprain an ankle? Dave Mikens got injured. Okay. Uh, He was bleeding, but he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) And he was the one I was like, do not get injured. (laughs) I'm like, what's the liability of this idea? So the think tanks, honestly, are probably where we get most of our ideas because when they come from the people, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like more people are bought in. If it's just the CEO saying, hey, I want to do the company-wide Olympics, everyone's like, oh, here we go. (laughs) Right. It's so true. Um, and then the balance piece, you know, everyone wants to work from home because of COVID mm-hmm. and I didn't let them. If they had a good reason, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I'm like, hey, guys, we are a culture-related company. Mm-hmm. This is about culture. You cannot have culture and human connection if you're not together. Sure. The entire company is built on that. Mm-hmm. If you want to sit at home and do engineering, you're with the wrong firm. Mm-hmm. And we ended up hiring, I think, around 32 people mm-hmm. from other firms. Mm-hmm. Ones that wanted to be around people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then we lost few and they went to the analytical engineering company. Mm-hmm. Sure. So we gave everyone laptops. We went to the cloud. Yeah. And we said, hey, we've never micromanaged your time. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. So we want you to care about culture. So we hope to see you here because mm-hmm. we're not going to micromanage you and we're not watching it. But you make the best decision for you. Yeah. During COVID, we ended up paying for private school for all the children in the oh, entire wow. company. Well, that's amazing. So that people could work. Everyone could work. Yeah, because you couldn't work. You cannot do engineering and watch your children. No. no. It's too high risk, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Yeah. Don't do it. You can yeah. fill in the blank on a lot of things. Yeah. You cannot do X. No. And homeschool your child. You but cannot. <laughs> but I mean, but you're talking about especially high stakes here. Like you oh, struck, yeah. you yeah. put something wrong on a plan building that's getting down. built and the building falls down. Like yeah. this is like a... They say that structural engineering is riskier than being a doctor because yeah. more people can die. Yeah. yeah we all learned about up. that in Miami this year. 
exactly. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Those so, moments are where I'm like, okay, now I have to coach everyone. Yeah. Yeah. To stay in structural engineering. Sure. Cause it looks yeah. super scary. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was my actually my question is how you handled COVID with company culture. And I really loved that you do what's best for you and, you know, and, and people making the best decision that whether they their family, yeah, whatever it was. And I love that you incorporated that it's doing what you preach is filling in that gap and COVID the gap was childcare. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah. mental health. Yes. Those you two know, things I think I, are the hardest things. Anxiety is a big issue right now. A lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, coaching them out of that mm-hmm. or giving them tools to get out of it, right. you know, because it's just, it's not feeding us well. Yeah. yeah. It's not helping us. So Absolutely. we got to deal with it. Um, I definitely went against the grain. I'm a challenger. I did not regulate. I did not put hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. There was absolutely no fear at Lynch Mikan's mm-hmm. for right. COVID. Mm-hmm. None. I didn't put any of it in front of their face. I mm-hmm. asked them to buy everything local. Do not buy anything on Amazon. Do not become lazy sitting on your couch and have everything delivered there. Mm-hmm. We need to help the economy. We need to help our our city. Mm-hmm. So let's not become lazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and only think about ourselves. Yeah. And that fear. Yeah. Let's be healthy. All my snacks are like super healthy. Yeah. They get annoyed when they start mm-hmm. and then they start eating healthy. It's really entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> um, so health is very important. But yeah. I definitely did it very different. We just won business of the year, business North Carolina, because of our what we did through COVID. Yeah, and how we handled handled our culture. Yeah, and you just so. uh, you were named CEO of the year by a Triangle Business yeah, Journal, right? You? Yeah, yeah, crazy. That's insane, <laughs> and it's such a huge congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I can't believe I won that. Yeah. I can't sitting here talking I to can. you. I mean, you're like I think that, and I think that is it's so refreshing especially as a small business, right? You, you do your best to be a good leader and there's a lot of humanity behind business. And, but sometimes mm-hmm. when you get, when you see these big companies, that CEO loses that human piece of yeah. it. And yeah, it becomes about bottom line. Exactly. Right. It's all about numbers. All about numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. interested. Yeah. 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 And we're really successful. And that's what I, you know, the last podcast I was on, I said, you know, it's, and he was an engineer and interviewing an engineer. And he's like, you make me uncomfortable because you're mm-hmm. not, obsessed with the engineering you're not obsessed with the numbers and Mm -hmm. i said what we are doing with focusing on the people Mm -hmm. is providing a higher profit than any other engineering firm probably Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so when can we learn that lesson right yeah you know i don't but again i am very unique yeah and the way that i lead on the human side Mm -hmm. i think that getting a a ceo that doesn't understand that and tries to do it Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't be successful i don't know yeah but no, I, I totally like you're like speaking our language. Yeah. <laughs> Literally speak. I mean, our accountants, like you should not be paying 100% of these insurance premiums. Like you don't oh, have yeah. to do that. You're like, but, but, but we, we need do. to have insurance, right? Yeah. They need to have that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, I, all of those things, I think not doing things because you are mandated to do them, but because it's literally what's best for the people who That's work right. for you. Mm-hmm. You know, That's I think right. it's getting to that mindset. I think in our industry, it's totally not that way. Like, no. And I think that, you know, in the events industry, hospitality, it's a lifestyle. It's not just mm-hmm. a, a business because it's just not nine to five. Right. You know, like it's very all over the place and abstract. So I think more than anything in that industry, it is so important that you take care of your people because you have huge, huge high burnout. Like yeah. people who don't stay there for a long time. And if you want to retain those people who are amazing at what they do, we need to see them as people and not just, you know, expendable, basically. That's right. So I think that it is definitely the wave of the future. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the direction that people need to go. And I think that the new generation of employees are demanding that. Yes. They are. 
They are. Yeah. Like yeah. You're just not going to get the people. Yep. You're not. Yeah. Or they're going to come and they're going to leave mm-hmm. because right. they want what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And what they want is freedom. Sure. Okay. And structural engineering has been the same forever. Right. You should be here at 7 a.m. and you should leave at 7 p.m. and you should work all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the way it is because you need to care about structural engineering and that's it. But it's just the old way of doing mm-hmm. engineering just doesn't work at Lynch Mike. And so if right. we hire someone with 20 years of experience and they're used to grinding it all the time and I'm like trying to coach them out of it and they're like, but you're making a ton of money if I work or like da 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 and then my bonus is gonna be bigger. And then I'm like, and I'm like if you care about money mm-hmm. and that's your number one, this isn't the place. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're going to spend 50 grand on a flash mob. <laughs> right. 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 Like you have to care about that. Right? Yeah. Because I just, I don't mm-hmm. want to hire people like that because mm-hmm. it just goes against what yeah. I'm doing and you'll never be happy. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but we, you know, we, we add things and we take them away too. I think that's key too. Like, yeah. Because if people just expect things all the time, then they become just normal. Right. 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 So then you lose, they lose that, how they forget how different it is mm-hmm. and how valuable it is yeah. until they leave. Mm-hmm. So it's like trying to get them to stay. Mm. I'm like, hey, just so you know, not everyone does half day Fridays, <laughs> right? Right, right. Well, this room said they'll let me do half day Fridays, and I'm like, okay. And then, and then what? Like, mm-hmm. what else are you gonna want? It's right. just like reminding them that this is very different. What we did through COVID was different, and what's what's the new yeah. firm gonna give you? I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. I love that approach because I think it whether it applies to our industry or any industry. I agree that it is definitely the way that it's going. And I think it, I think overall, I think COVID has taught us is that that's just, if your only identity is your job and then it's just, it's not a, that's not a whole life and you're not a whole person. And there's so many companies and CEOs that that is how they want their employees to be is they want their whole life to be this job. And it is sad. And it, and a lot of it, it's not because it's because they don't care, you know, like when we talk about the Bahamas and you look at like the bottom line of it, you know, like, yeah, I probably could have taken an extra $25,000 this year, but instead mm-hmm. of taking the thing, but it is so worth it on so many more levels that we spent that money you're, on them. You're impacting people's lives. Yes. Right. And that's why I do what I do. Right. Well, I want to show up to work and love where I work. Yeah. Right. I want to love the people that I'm working with and I want for them to love working with me. Yeah. Right. right? So it's all very, not 100% altruistic, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I want to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's why our core value is fun. If it's not fun, (laughs) why do it? You know? I don't know. Yeah. That's what I always say. I was like, if we're not having fun, then I'm not working We implemented tequila during COVID. We're like, all right, hard conversation. Shot. Let's go. And talk another dad off the ledge. That's genius. I'm going to take that one. Oh, you needed it. I mean, you would get a lot of happy hours. (laughs) Oh, man, you just get berated. And I was like, you can't. I can't get through this. I'm I'm like too rattled. And, you know, but yeah. So what advice would you give someone that's looking to make a change, like within an industry that maybe they think is too far gone? Obviously, like structural engineer was the way that it was, the way that it was, the way that it was for years and years and years before Mm -hmm. you. Like, how would they be able to make that first step? I would say just step back and look Mm -hmm. in. I think that a lot of people get stuck in the weeds and the day-to-day and they just, they can't see what could be. You know, I'm naturally a visionary, but I think that any, if you take the time Mm -hmm. or schedule the time to look at the company and what's really working and what's not, Mm -hmm. not ignoring what's wrong. Right. um, And actually confronting, confronting the leadership or your, your team or whatever it is. 
about the issues mm-hmm. and, and throw ideas out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, that's kind of where I got to this point. I read a book about right brain, left brain and how engineering, it was talking about engineering and, you know, coding and all this, all these very pro things that computers can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like AI is going to be able to do what we do. Right. Right. Who knows when? Right. 10, 50 years. I don't know if I'll mm-hmm. be alive. What value we bring is the human side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm like, what if I built a company that was focused on the human side? Mm-hmm. So then if AI comes in and can do structural engineering, we are still in business. Right. But then I look at all the other engineering firms and I'm like, all they care about is the analytical side. Mm-hmm. So what are they going to do? They're not going to be in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So it's like seeing what could happen. It's like thinking 10 mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. 15 years, 50 years down the line, or just like what you hate about your job. Right. Yeah. What is it that you see that's just like that irritating thing mm-hmm. that you're like why are we doing this mm-hmm. yeah you know and then actually talking about it yeah i think a lot of people see them and think about them and chew on them and hate them and anxiety fear anger then they quit mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and i'm like what if you could create something or fix mm-hmm. help them fix what they have right yeah. and be a part of that right you're just starting you, a culture of like honesty yeah so maybe yeah. it's like asking like just starting by actually just speaking up Communication. Yeah. yeah communication. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. simple. It but is. that is like my keyword. I'm like, hey, communicate. Yeah. You want to communicate? Yeah. Let's communicate. Yeah. You know, and they're like, well, it's not my job. It's not my place. And I was like, no, no, this is Lynch Mikan's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is your hey, job and it is your place. It is your place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't communicate, then you don't work here. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's okay to communicate. You don't always have to be right. Not everything has to be thought through 100%. Yeah. Like, just spit it out. Yeah. It's okay. And then that fear of people judging you, fear of people not being friends with you, fear of you not being part of the group, mm-hmm. like all those natural instincts that we mm-hmm. have that makes a, make us not communicate. That's what I'm like, put all that mm-hmm. aside. Right. Because you're actually helping. Right. We call it mind fucking yourself. Yeah. That's so in the, in the office, someone's like, I'm mind fucking myself. Yeah. It's like this constant thing. Yeah. I was like, stop it. Yeah. You're overthinking it. Spit it out. Spit it out. Spit it out. This is what I do. Spit it out. Spit it out. <sighs> you yeah. know, and then they yeah. spit it out. I'm like, that is a dumb idea. Let's go next one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You should have kept that to yourself. Move yeah. on. <laughs> next. <Yeah. laughs> but thank you. Now it's out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that though. And I think the impact is great on your employee, but just think about the generational impact on their children and them seeing what healthy, what a healthy life looks like and breaking this, this cycle that I feel like we've had that really came about, I feel like with the baby boomer generation, mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. of, of that. And I, I think that's just absolutely amazing. And I love that you're trailblazing that. <laughs> <laughs> I do too some days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's not as easy as it sounds, but especially in engineering. Oh, I'm sure. Engineers are very analytical, but Mm -hmm. it's a lot more coaching than you would think. Yeah. You know, and it's a lot of um, being able to communicate in a way that they can hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we do a lot of personality exams. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the personality exams is DISC. Mm -hmm. It's all about communication, how Mm -hmm. you communicate, how other people like to be communicated to. Oh, man, did that help a Mm -hmm. lot? Because everyone found out how they like to communicate Mm -hmm. and then they had to learn everyone else's. Mm -hmm. Right. And now it's like, if a, if a very direct person goes to a very sensitive person, they're like, Hey, I know I'm direct. I know you're sensitive. So I'm just gonna, (laughs) like, I'm going to say it a little different. So let me try it out. And then you tell me Mm -hmm. if that was delivered. Okay. So you don't put a wall up. Yeah. Right. There's, it's crazy Mm -hmm. how much it changed the way we were communicating with each other. There's no drama. There's no anger. There's, yeah. 
people can actually work things out. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's just stuff like that. Yeah. It gets down to intentions. Oh, I yeah. think when you have, because I think that's what, that's what gets lost in communication yeah. is intentions. Good intent. Yes. Everyone has good intent. They do. Yeah. If you don't, you don't work here. We right. actually have on our column in our office, it says mm-hmm. no assholes. Yeah. If someone is an asshole, I fire them. Yeah. Because again, you want to work with people you like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The family. Right. right. You can be rude. That's fine. Yeah. But if you're an asshole, (laughs) you can get out. Okay. It's a whole different level. But you have to realize that everyone has good intent. Yeah. When you are with a family Mm -hmm. that everyone is thinking about the enterprise Mm -hmm. or you and helping you grow and providing critical feedback, Mm -hmm. you have to realize it's all good intent. Otherwise, everyone takes everything personally and shuts down. Yeah. So that takes years to build yeah to get people to understand that it's good intent and i am super direct mm. like if anyone said if if you asked anyone in my company who's an who's the biggest asshole here they'd say anna <laughs> okay uh, because i i have no filter yeah right? you know i walked in here and mm-hmm. told you guys exactly what i thought mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's good you know? feedback and you know pe- most people are like oh god she's ugh, she's mm-hmm. kind of a i was know, thinking asshole. this is going to be a good interview <laughs> <laughs> but I am who I am, yeah. and I've and I've I've been through a ton of leadership coaching, communications coaching, and changed my tone quite a bit. Yeah, um, to dial it back a little bit, mm. and it's helped a lot. Yeah, in my leadership skills through the company and and growth. Mm. But everyone can't get along with Anna Lynch, so yeah, that's okay. It's okay. That's okay. Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Anna, we are drinking Deloach Pinot Noir, a biodynamic red wine. We hope you'll get the chance to drink it this week and cheers to amazing company culture. To learn more about Anna and Lynch Mikens, visit lynchmikens.com or follow them on Instagram at lynch underscore mikens. You can also find and connect with Anna on LinkedIn. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, hustleandgather.com, or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, at thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather. 